0: Box
1: Box Box Ew. Box
2: Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 85. It's too late to remote. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, Mr. Ross McQueen. Foliage. And <laughs> to my right. Brett Cropley.
0: Good evening, viewers. Is that, uh, weird that the words that sound weird
3: when Dave cullen says them? That's my uh, that's my safe word. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, it's... Uh, what, it's, it's <laughs> what, what is going to happen in this show that you need a safe word?
3: <laughs> it's uh, once, it's from the office. It's oh. from this week's office, which once again was brilliant. Last few weeks have been fantastic. Uh, it might have been actually been last week's office, say, where... Uh, uh, the boss, Michael, was talking about how he and his girlfriend have a safe word <laughs> <laughs> that when things get too much, they just mention that. Oh, no. And uh, he said it recently, but she pretended not to hear him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, oh I, I can't wait for Channel 10 to show those episodes.
3: Um, yes, yes,
2: exactly. <laughs> uh, did anyone catch Eurovision uh, on I Sunday night? I don't get Eurovision.
0: No, actually, it, it was, it's weird. I watched both nights last year, so the preliminaries and then the finals, and the final was spoiled from watching the preliminaries. So I heard the prelim on, on Saturday night from upstairs, and Rockwiz wasn't on, yep. um, and thought to myself, no, I'm not going to go down and watch it because it'll just
3: spoil tomorrow night, and then Sunday night didn't set. Right. Uh, well, what's the deal with Eurovision? I don't, I don't get it.
2: Uh, well, for me, it's about uh, spending a night with uh, a lot of friends whose company I like. Right. And, uh, and that so that kind of tradition started, for me, about four or five years ago. Right. Uh, and I never really liked Eurovision. I mean, uh, my parents used to love it. And when I was growing up, they used to always watch it. And I used to always be up in my bedroom pretending that it didn't exist. Yeah. But the
0: brilliance of it was always the uh, Terry Wogan... Commentary.
2: Well, yes. When I first when I first discovered the uh, the Terry Wogan commentary, uh, I when thought, SBS
0: st- stopped mangling it with putting friggin' Mike Goldman or
2: whoever opens up. <laughs> Mangan, I think uh, Des Mangan. Yes, uh, and well, uh, and El Gore. No, El <laughs> McFeast. What's her name? <laughs> oh, Libby yeah, Gore. Yeah. Libby Gore. <laughs> there was that terrible year. That terrible, terrible year. They had Libby Gore and John Saffron and yeah. uh, no. horrible, horrible things. But but it's it's kitsch bad music and people say oh but it's so
3: bad it's good i would never get that it's so bad it's bad no it was a metal, show, a
0: metal song that won it last year who won uh, this year uh,
2: metal is bad brett <laughs> no no lordy a genius and i won't have you say a word against them lordy were, were amazing last year this year serbia won uh with uh an interesting so it, it was actually a good song and what i've what i've started doing while watching eurovision because i you know i'm a rock and roll boy I love guitars and I hate synth pop. So, Eurovision's really never never taken to me. But uh, what I started to do, I, I realised this year, is, is go, well, that's quite a good song. Because in the world of Eurovision, there are good songs and bad songs. Uh, and so, the song that Serbia won with on Sunday night was actually a good song for Eurovision.
0: So so the bar's only two inches high. See, again, you're saying it's so bad, kind of it's good.
2: It's that same, no, it's that no, same I'm not, theory. I'm not saying that. It no, was... you
0: just lower your expectations.
2: <laughs>
3: well, well, yeah, it,
2: it, to can, me, can I ask you a question? To me, it's, it's a world of its
3: own. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Why have we started the show with pork?
2: <laughs> I have no idea. That's, a, that's a, very, that is a very good point. I didn't intend it to. No, <laughs> it just happened. I have an apology.
0: Oh, oh go okay. An apology hang off on. the back of last week's show.
2: Wait, before we do that... Mm-hmm. Coming up in the show, we've got some ratings. Tom Elliott is coming in to talk Fantastic. all about uh, the Channel 9 win uh, situation that we touched on last week. We're going to do a review of The King. i uh, have got a new segment called The Golden Age of Television. Mm. Something about October Road. Don't know what it is. Don't mm. want to know until it happens. Mm-hmm. Now, an apology for it Wait, Brett wait,
3: properly. wait. You notice my sitting position? Very low. Very low. Strap yourself in. It's going
2: to be a long show. Yes, well, th- that but is, good. That's good show. That is also true. And now an apology from Brett Cropley. I'm surprised
0: neither of you has brought this up, but I must apologise. Kate Ritchie is still stuck in Summer Bay. The error was due to a young researcher who has been sadly beaten. <laughs>
3: Um, wait, wait, I, I'm not sure where, why, where along why, why the way Why are
0: you blaming us? No, no, I'm, I'm apologising No, 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 but no Why but are you, you saying we us. should
2: pick it up? We, we, should... we knew Sally was still on her way And we told you that last week I can play, I can play it back for you right now <laughs> No, no, but,
0: but demanding an apology
2: Ah oh, Well, you know, I think we long ago <laughs> gave up demanding anything, Brett
0: There was something over the year that, that gave me the impression that she'd left And that seemed why she was so emotional uh, when accepting the award
2: uh no I think she was just emotional accepting the award because she was Has happy to win a the big award. Baby. <sighs> oh. <laughs> I've got to agree with Brett on this one. I know it's rare. She's just a big baby. Well let's get
3: over see. it. Did you hear her speech? It uh, really shows that I should go out and do things that I think I should do rather than things that I shouldn't do. And oh, You see, that's, that's more kind of indication off, that
0: she's finished up with that and she's moving yep, on with the yep. next step of her career. Exactly. She's doing a takes two and she's been doing uh, Nova with Akmal Saleh. She's, she's doing a but lot of other she's stuff. she's not doing that anymore. Well, she is technically, she was only ever part-time.
3: Ladies right. and gentlemen, your most popular Australian talent. On TV. What a crock of shit.
2: And to kick things off, <laughs> here's the box cutters news. The head of marketing at Foxtel, Brian Walsh, said in an interview with Variety last week that while excited to produce dramas like Love My Way, Dangerous and The Forthcoming Satisfaction, there was no new drama planned for Foxtel. And quote, he says, There hasn't been a rush of drama ideas or producers knocking down our door. He said that, Foxtel has to go out and find the drama that that they show. This sounds really odd to me. Mm -hmm. Because in Australian television, there are heaps of producers who want to get their stuff made. Mm -hmm. So, why wouldn't they be going to Foxtel? Why would they just be content being rejected from Channel 10?
0: Mm. Maybe they just don't appreciate the bait-and-switch tactics of Foxtel... Because an industry insider was telling me over the week that uh, Channel 9 actually have four new Australian dramas uh, coming up for production.
2: Maybe they don't appreciate and City your bugbear of button
0: switch. City Homicide is uh, just about to start on Channel 7. Uh, nah. there's, there's a lot going on. Nah. Just because they're not going to Foxtel doesn't mean that Australian writers are all, pff, no, have nah, all given there, up. There's,
3: there's something else going on here. There's... Uh, I I can't understand why producers and writers aren't bashing their door down for that exact reason. They've seen Love My Way. They've seen these other shows like uh, Dangerous. I haven't seen much of, so I don't know how good it is. But they've seen that they can actually
2: do produce
3: something good. I I don't know why, and I'm wondering if Foxtel's to blame.
2: Yeah. Well, see, that's I, I wonder if he's just you know pushing blame away from from himself because Australian writers and producers would drop their pants at the opportunity to. Yep to tell the stories they actually want to tell rather than the stories that Channel 7 wants to tell. And sure they get
0: to make it, but they want people to watch it as well.
2: People are watching Love My Way. Love My Way has made money on on DVD sales. But but what
0: percentage of the, what, 25% at at the outside uh, take-up of subscription TV?
2: Uh, People who heard about it outside of subscription TV saw that it was on... DVD, rented it, and or bought it. Yeah, but
0: the DVD for TV series isn't isn't where you get the cred to, to go off and make a, un, new projects here's a, in here's, this country.
2: Here's the other thing as well, Brett. No one actually makes money just by showing series in Australia. So Apparently, so Southern, Southern Bay does. So, Can't if, if they... Worry. Well, yeah, sorry. Other than Home and Away, <laughs> which is, in all respects, an anomaly. Well, it's basically a British production anyway.
3: I mean, they own... Sixty percent of it. Well, it's makes... still
0: Australian crew and writers. Though. Yeah, but
3: they decide on storylines and.
2: But the the idea that if you're telling a good story, it will sell better overseas than if you're telling you know an average story. If you're if you're doing another Blue Heelers, it's not going to sell that well overseas. But that's what Channel Seven want. They want another uh, police based drama. Now the world market is flooded with police based dramas. But there there aren't all that many shows like Love My Way or with the uh, very unique look as, as Dangerous had. So, why wouldn't you say, okay, well, if I make a great show the show that I have in my head and I'm allowed to make it the way I want to make it, I can then go on and sell it to this world market and make my stamp and, and Australia's stamp on the world stage.
0: Does Foxtel have a reputation for the way that they deal with people that approach them with stu- with drama ideas?
2: I've heard no rumours mm. about that. But it's, it's, it's weird. Yeah, I find it it's a weird comment.
3: Once again, I think we should get uh, uh, Marie Cardian because she does a lot of writing and uh, she has done some producing of TV. And we should get her in and ask her why she isn't bashing Foxtel's door down.
0: I'll give her a balance if she can come in next week.
3: That'd be
2: excellent. Brett.
0: Uh, For uh, Boxcutter's family members, you would have seen on the blog that uh, the family feud has been axed on the Nine Network. Interesting timing then that Burt Newton has renewed his contract with Channel Nine for at least a year. And uh, he will also be replacing Mike Munro to host
3: the clip show, What a Year.
2: Which, to me, is just 20 to 1 with a different title.
3: I think no. uh, next year they're doing Year Zero. Really? Yeah, Birth of Christ.
2: Excellent. Oh. Little that's, baby Jesus. Yeah, probably what, be great. What yeah. happened in that year?
3: I don't know. Not much. Right.
0: <laughs> it it kind of <laughs> looks at a at a different axis. It's kind of like 20 to 1 is the X axis and what a year is the Y axis because it's just in the one year and and it ranges all over the place, whereas... The X axis is just the one
3: theme across all years. Is is Megan Gale still co hosting? Uh, no word in this article. Uh, okay. As a regular contributor to the blog, Cat Brain, who's uh, somewhere in the studios. At in, the the <laughs> in the building. In the building. I can't see her at the moment. She must be around somewhere. As she said on the blog, just get rid of Bert. I mean I'll he's say, he's so past his use by date.
0: No 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 channel nine have just wasted him with Family Feud because he has things he can do. It They're, completely negates his he can, talents he, he can Which is to chat and, and to bring in oldie time double entendres. Yeah, and, he's
2: he is a quick wit and he just hasn't been given the, the stage at, at Channel Nine. Yep. I think I think they paid a lot of money to, to get him there and then went, well, what do we do with him? Because their hair's on fire and they can't think of any good ideas.
0: And he would be fantastic. Chuck a little sidekick in, uh, in on a chat show, maybe a variety show with him, who would actually be the lead
3: and he would be the psychic. but nobody could tell him that. Um, and See, this sounds like you, the You've the got the, the, the ingredients Kennedy. for a great show. This sounds like the Graham Kennedy... Don Line Show? Mangos, what was his name? Late Night, uh, was yeah, it Coast yeah. to Coast, Coast, to was Coast. It? and that was like what
0: fifteen years ago. No, no, but that was a new show. I, I wouldn't suggest doing that.
2: The thing is, Ross, variety is so hot right now. <laughs> it is so, like, seriously. Well, I mean, it can be if it's done well, and and they could do that with. I mean, Bird is is the perfect host for for something like that, where he, he gets to make a few quips and.
0: And the reason why he became a cult icon was because he was doing exactly that, even though it was between 9 and 11 on Channel 10, in the morning.
2: It was it was uni students who, who discovered that he had a, a great way of uh, of interpreting different words to mean penis.
0: And that's the only reason why Channel 9 picked him back up. Bone him.
2: Bone good... Bone him. Ah. You're on your own there, Ross. Except for Crack Cat Brain, who's backing you up. Yep. I can hear her outside the studio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Private Practice, a spin-off of the successful drama Grey's Anatomy. That's a, a tentative title, by the way. Private Practice. That's mm. what they're looking at at the moment. Is set to air next year in the States. Although continuing its strong numbers in the States, numbers have fallen in Australia, Uh which I'm sure they're not taking into consideration <laughs> at all when uh, when looking at making a spin-off. Uh, apparently, people here are getting bored of the title character. Now, I don't watch. they're <laughs> getting bored of the title. <laughs> <laughs> well, F- flippant audience. <laughs> well, this is this is the problem. If if you've got a title character and she is boring, yeah, no one really cares to see her. You can't kill her off.
0: So so is McDreamy going to go off to another hospital? And
2: oh wait. She, is she a title character? Yeah. Who's she?
3: She's Jennifer Grey or G- Yeah, whatever.
2: someone grey.
3: Yep. Isn't, isn't that based on the, the medical? It's, no, no, it's, it's a, a it's double play.
2: It's a pun. Really?
3: Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm showing what a big fan I am of the show right now. <laughs> so,
2: so people are really... And you can't, See, as you as can't an outsider, kill her outsider
3: Kill her off. Get rid of her. Send, put her. Put her in a bucket with Bert and send them out to sea.
2: But it, it was the same problem that uh, we had with uh, with Felicity. Yes. And, uh, and also for for about a season in Buffy, where Buffy, just no one cared about, it. everyone loved the, the other characters, the support characters. So I say, if you're making a show now, don't name it after one of the characters, you're just building yourself up for trouble.
3: Mm. Well, I had a similar problem with uh, The West Wing when that started, because that was meant to be, Rob Lowe was meant to be the star of that mm-hmm. show, and very quickly it became clear that it was an ensemble. And he was getting paid as much as any, as everybody else, and then quickly less than no, everybody
0: no, 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 else. No. Martin Sheen was getting paid more than he was, which was against his contract. Nobody else was getting paid as much as he was.
2: Well, in
0: the article that I've got here. <laughs> that was only because uh, Martin Sheen, as the president, was going to have a, a much smaller role. But, well, he wasn't going to be in it but, at all. But testing. Uh, that you can't saw get much that. smaller than that. Saw that audiences loved him, and so the writers put more and more of him in there.
3: Yeah, but originally he wasn't going to be in it at all. Okay. W- but he was. He was just going he to be, was oh, by the time they oh, started stand for one. The but, and I stood up.
2: But, Ross, that was still just called the West Wing. It wasn't called Rob Lowe's character in the West Wing. <laughs> That's true. You see? That's see true. what my point is?
0: Now, I did see the title on uh, this uh, this article about an having a spin off and I, I was momentarily flummoxed when it wasn't about... Uh, Anatomy for beginners having a spin-off My brain did boggle somewhat Thinking, how are they going to do a spin-off of that?
2: (laughs) Only uh, entire episodes devoted to the kidney Yes (laughs) Um,
0: An anonymous tipster has claimed that Representatives from Nine, Foxtel and Telstra Will be in Wembley Stadium, London On July 27th To mark five years before the 2012 Olympic Games At an official ioc function which would mm. indicate that uh, perhaps nine and foxtel have the tv rights for the 2012 games
2: or or are bidding very heavily for them because i mean if they had the tv rights that would be announced channel seven would say we didn't get the tv rights nine and foxtel must have them so yeah i wonder are, are they really just going there to suck up or to to put an offer on the table
0: I suspect it would be an invite-only kind of affair with the IOC. A
2: Channel Seven not appeared to be our anonymous tips to say that.
0: Uh that's the inference.
2: Right. And the inference
0: right. is that Nine and Foxtel are going to have
2: the rights. If you have an, anon- an anonymous tip for Box Cutters, you can send it to hooray at boxcutters dot net. Or if you don't
0: want to come in through the front door, anonymous tip at boxcutters dot net.
2: Yes. <laughs> We promise not to search through your IP address.
3: I'm sure these will still uh, rate really well, but uh, terrible timing, London Olympics, middle of the night here. Yeah, it's, I mean... I mean, I'm sure they'll just show it around the clock and and make up for it, but it, it really is, it, it is a terrible time. Everybody gets up in the morning, here's,
2: all, here's who's won all the medals.
0: I'll tell that to SBS after last year's World Cup.
2: Yeah, World Cup's different. World Cup's different. I don't know people who wait up for, for the Olympics, especially because they don't know what's going to be on because it's mm. so, such a, a random array of of sports. that Maybe
0: by 2012, EPGs will actually be precise enough to know when what event's going to be on. Oh, everywhere yeah, else in the world, they will wait.
2: <laughs> and and maybe by 2012, I'll, I will sprout wings from my shoulder blades and be able to fly.
0: You'll be like that boy in, uh, in, in the Jane Fonda thing. I can't think of the name of it. Come on, you know where she starts off kind of almost naked with the feathers Oh, Barbarella Barbarella
2: Yes, I'll be just like that boy <laughs> We've
0: got the looks and the blonde hair You know
2: who else is like that boy? Uh, Ross Grant Denya
0: <laughs> Although he's, he's a bit shorter um, Denya has though been in uh, the news over the last week, um, he started off with uh, being accused of sexism, racism, and bad judgment after uh, commenting on Nova's American Rosso program on uh, Monday morning that he felt like he'd had sex with a black man.
2: Right. Does that By that, did he just mean that he was... Highly satisfied or that He'd had, that he's, he'd had he'd a big night and he was very
0: tired Right He said it was a big old day with the Logies Let me say I'm feeling like I had sex with a black man right now And uh, consolidated it uh, at the end of the segment by saying I'll be the host who looks like he's been riding a horse for a week
2: Right It sounds like he got an arse raping at the Logies
0: He was just trying to win further He was tired Really? Looking a bit shagged out, as it were. Um, on top of that, there's also been wild speculation that uh, he's been carrying on an alleged affair. Does that work? Um, with uh, one of the line producers from Sunrise.
3: Really? Right. Mm. Now, are either of these, uh, is Grant or this producer married? Uh, Grant is married. Uh, he has like. Is he married to a large black wife. man? No, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking this. This was really bad news for Stan Grant. I mean, this this that this sort of thing really killed his career with Channel Seven.
2: Yes, but that was to two, two on air talents. Yeah. In the lead up to the Olympics, yep. where they were both going to be uh, presenters for the Olympics, and yes.
0: Stan Grant had to have some sort of credibility as the presenter of a current affairs show, whereas Grantin is just an entertainer.
2: Really? I thought he was a weatherman.
0: That's what weathermen are these days, but uh, primarily he's the host of It Takes Two. Right. So I, I don't think that he's going to take too much of a hit on that and uh, his wife's standing by him and
3: uh, it seems all good. Can, just, I a, can I make a suggestion? Yes. You know how we've lifted the embargo on Jessica Rowe? Yes. Let's move it onto Grand on. Denya. This
2: is the first what? Why? whisper we've heard from Oh, him. I know. I just hate him. But doesn't Didra love him?
3: No. Not I... anymore. Ah, not I've, anymore. I forgot it. Who's right. got the bigger flipped-up head, he or uh, Fifi Box? Fifi Box. Really? Fifi Box. Haven't you seen she's doing the new RB ads?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you can either get a flipped-up head <laughs> or be Fifi Box. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic! Hey, just quickly in the news, Fox Eight are going to air the live feed of Al Gore's Live Earth concert in Australia. Uh, that's going to be a twenty-four hour concert. It's going to kick off in Sydney with bands like Crowded House and someone else, Mother. Sure, why not? And uh, and uh, also that actress's band. Yep, you know one of the many butterfly flower. Or yeah, t- Tony Collette and the um the whatever and the Collardets. <laughs> yes. uh, but it's like it's
3: Tony and the Colettes
2: Ah, thank you uh, but more, Tony and the Seas more, for interesting, sure. more interestingly, Foxtel are going to be producing that live feed from Australia And they're going to be responsible for sending it out to an estimated 2 billion people wow. in the world So let's really hope they don't mess it up So what will we get to see on Free of that? Edited highlights on the news
3: Really? So nothing more?
2: As as far as I know, it's all going to be Fox 8. With, uh, That's pretty
3: much. That's what happened with Live Eight. Well, no, we got we got two three hour highlight shows on consecutive weekends for Live Eight. On uh, Channel Nine, ran it from like nine to twelve on two consecutive Sundays.
2: Yeah, I think Foxtel are doing a really good job at, at having continual compelling reasons to pick up their service. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm impressed with the way that they're working it.
0: I'm not compelled though. However. Speaking of cable TV, premium movie partnership, the owner of Showtime, the pay TV film channel, is expected to launch a fourth channel uh, and have changes what, to competition rules at the end of the year.
2: Hang on, what are their other three channels?
0: Their other three channels are Showtime, Showtime 2, a time shift channel, and Showtime Greats. The new channel will be called Showcase.
2: See, I don't think you can count Showtime plus two. As no. another channel. No. Can't, it's just an extra feed.
3: Yeah, it can't count as a time shift channel. That's ridiculous. No,
2: that's. that's So it's a third channel. They count it. But it makes it a. Well, if if Showtime
0: shouldn't. 2 wasn't there, Al Jazeera could have had a channel. <laughs> They're taking up space, so you've got to call it a channel.
2: <laughs> there is plenty of space on it.
0: No. But there is. No, no, that was the reason given why Al Jazeera wouldn't be on Foxtel here.
2: Yeah, but it's a lie. They just didn't want. <laughs> <laughs> It's pure and simple. The the thing is, it's it's okay. So it's their third movie network, (laughs) and it would make it the sixth movie network on pay TV.
0: There you go. The station, the channel is going to run a mix of quality TV drama as well as movies,
2: Mm, like Showtime. Right. Well, I've got nothing else, Brett.
0: Uh, bit, bit
2: I, of thing
3: on Yahoo Seven. Yes, a uh, very quick one. As oh, I meant to say Yahoo Seven lost. Yahoo Seven lost. <laughs> <laughs> Yahoo Seven lost.
0: You've got to write it in the blog. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, it doesn't. Oh, it, really? doesn't,
3: it, doesn't we, it
2: doesn't work if I just say it. No. Uh-huh.
0: Uh, as of this afternoon, Seven broadcast. It's. First at 4.30pm, News Bulletin live on the Yahoo 7 website.
2: This afternoon being Monday afternoon.
0: Monday afternoon. Internet users are able to tune in at 4.30pm AEST, uh, anywhere they want. And it's uh, hosted by Samantha Armitage with the latest news from across the country and Around the world, so the bulletin so broadcast live online Monday to Friday each week, and includes advertisements. And it also means that uh, viewers in Adelaide and Perth can see the news ahead of time before it actually happens.
2: That's fantastic. Uh, it, you know, it would be even better if we had broadband internet in this country.
0: Well, yeah, if we if we had pipes that we could actually see it at a decent quality and perhaps a decent size, that'd be fantastic. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Yeah. uh I hate everybody in charge of that And that (laughs) is the Boxcutter's News In the beginning there was nothing And God
3: created everything He made man and beast One day man came across a chicken And he said I can use this And thus our rating system was born it might be convoluted. It might make no sense. But it's the only system we've got, damn it. Ratings. Better than nothing, but
2: only just. Just briefly in ratings, Channel 7 are starting to pull away from the pack. In, I think, what could easily be the uh, kind of end up being the network's first official year end ratings win. Mm-hmm. That's it. I said it. I'm calling it now.
0: Have anybody but Channel Nine won the years'
3: ratings uh, since TV began in Australia?
2: I don't believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seven's
3: won years. Never.
2: Yeah, they have. They have. <laughs> what years? Uh,
3: they won the year two thousand for a start. What a year!
2: <laughs> <laughs> they won really? the year two
3: thousand with the uh, with the Olympics.
2: But that was was that the, so? so was trust that, me, they won that that the whole
0: year. Was and count uh, claim and counterclaim about you don't count the Olympics.
2: Oh, I'm sure it was. But they won that year. Right. So, this would be the first time since 2000. Yes. That they've won. In a, a,
0: in a non-Olympic in year. In a non-Olympic year. Or a non leap year.
2: Now, this is, uh, d- despite the, the strength in numbers of Nine's Logies coverage last week, Seven ended up with 14 of the top 20 shows. hmm And with ABC winning Wednesday nights with Spicks and Specs and Chase's War on Everything, mm-hmm. uh, it really doesn't leave very many crumbs for, for the other networks to pick up through the week. It's it's fantastic to to see what's happening. Channel 7 are just galloping away from from what I can see in the numbers.
3: See, but it's getting closer, though, at the same time, isn't it? What were the overall figures for last week? It was something like 28.7 versus 27.7? Oh, you're such
2: a, a
0: nine-apologist, Russ.
3: <laughs> uh, <laughs>
2: for the for the five networks from I am. 6 I'm a non-apologist. Five networks from 6 p.m. to midnight. Uh total people, channel 7 was 29.5 and channel 9 was 27.4. Okay. So it's it's the gap is widening. Wow. Uh, so I'm finding that really So people are back really on for
0: Sunday nights. Uh
2: yeah, well, channel 7 Sunday night uh news is the highest rating show. But in. for
0: the uh, ugly Sundays with Ugly Betty and uh
2: No. Because Where Are They Now
0: is back on, which means that I get to save an hour of hard drive time a week. <laughs> you know what? It, it,
2: the uh, the uh, figures I've got are from last week and the Logies were on, so none of those shows actually matter. Mm-hmm.
3: I, I have a feeling Channel 7 News nationally has one every night since the Logies.
2: That's fantastic. That's the most
3: watched program, which is, which is quite an amazing feat. Especially because it's shit news. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't have the uh, I don't have the figures with me, but I'm pretty sure it's one every night since since then, which is which is amazing when you think about it. It's yeah. just easily the biggest ratings winner, and equally amazing when you think that uh, Nine's not far behind. So that's really the epicenter of when people are watching television. Yeah, I still
2: don't know how people get home uh, from work by six o'clock.
3: Yeah,
0: and uh, footy is the lack of quality affecting the number of people watching
2: doesn't get a doesn't get a look in nationally <laughs> AFL really nationally doesn't doesn't matter at all different codes because because before people. the
0: season started people were saying that that was going to lock it for Channel Seven
2: yeah maybe in Melbourne but nationally eh, no one really cares Australians don't like sport <laughs> <laughs> no that's 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 what I take home from that
0: hi this is Pete Smith you've been listening to or have just missed. Box Cutters.
2: Welcome back to Box Cutters. We're sitting here with our financial correspondent, Tom Elliott. I just made that up. You're not really, you know, Tom, you're, you're just the guy who comes in and tells us stuff.
1: I'm actually listed as so many different people's financial correspondent. <laughs> I know, that's,
3: that's what I thought. <laughs> what would you like to be? Box Cutters, official?
2: Um, I just, a special
1: guest would do. Okay, Spe- special guest.
2: Okay, okay. Let, I'll, I'll start special that again. special recurring guest. I'll start that again. Welcome back to Box Cutters. We're sitting here with our special recurring guest, Tom Elliott. Oh, thank you very much, Josh. Brett, and Ross, it's very nice to be here. <laughs> <laughs> smooth, <laughs> smooth. Uh, now, Tom, we've, uh, we've, we've got you in for some very important reasons. Last week, uh, especially, we were talking about Channel 9, Wynn, Perth, Adelaide, East versus West. Who knows what's going on? And I said, mm, I reckon Tom would know what's going on.
1: Well, there's quite a few things going on now. Uh, since, of course, the federal government decided to change the media laws or change the media ownership laws, people were expecting a veritable tsunami of media deals that haven't actually eventuated. We,
0: although we did see a precursor to that when it was first announced in preparation for, for it to uh, actually become law.
1: That's right. And as we often say, when you, you know, the old saying, buy the rumour, sell the facts, sometimes it's better to buy the rumour and sell the rumour because the rumour has proved to be more exciting than the fact. All the real deal doing has been at the smaller end of the media market, regional TV in particular. So uh, I'll just give you a quick rundown of what's happened there. Now, there's two big companies interested in regional TV. Te- no, there's three, I should say. There's Southern Cross Broadcasting, which, amongst other things, owns 3AW and Mm -hmm. Magic 1278, your second favourite radio station there, uh, Josh. It it, it is. I I love it. (laughs) There's Macquarie Media Group, which has bought a stake in Southern Cross Broadcasting,
0: which is distinct from MacBank.
1: Distinct from Macquarie. Well, sort of distinct. I mean, Macquarie Bank owns a stake in Macquarie Media. But interestingly, the CEO of Macquarie Media, Tim Hughes, recently, or a couple of months ago now, left and Macquarie Media said it may no longer be interested in pursuing a full takeover of Southern Cross. Right. Which doesn't mean that someone else will. So that was one side of regional TV, because Southern Cross owns a range of regional TV stations primarily affiliated with Channel 9. But then there's two other companies which have come into, I guess, or received a lot of attention recently. And the first of those um, was uh, the company uh, Sunraysia Television that owns uh, Channel 9 in Perth. And uh, it was the subject of, well, bidding war by both uh, Wynn, owned by Bruce Gordon, and by PBL. And, of course, PBL actually won that particular battle, and uh, they paid, I believe, $163 million to buy a station that actually doesn't make any money at all, which seems strange. This, I would
0: actually read 250, and Wynn's best bid was 230.
1: No, 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 no. See, this is the thing. You're thinking of NBN, which is on the east coast, which is Newcastle. Oh, So they managed to buy Channel 9 Perth, which has always been a bit of a satellite. And then, of course, one of the other nine affiliates that's been up for sale and has now been bought was NBN, which is based in Newcastle. Mm -hmm. But the attraction of NBN is not so much Newcastle, although Newcastle has many delights. It's the (laughs) fact that its broadcast range goes right up to the Gold Coast.
2: So it's, it's Central Coast up to the Gold Coast.
1: Yes, and it includes the Gold Coast. So right. people on the Gold Coast are more likely to watch NBN than they are Channel 9 Brisbane, which you might just say a thing about the difference between Brisbane and the Gold Coast.
0: But are they on the same frequency?
1: Ah uh, no, they're not. So so you so have a choice if you're
0: on the Gold Coast, you could you could have two Channel Nines coming in For instance, with if you, a different set of ads. If you
1: get into the Mornington Peninsula, you can be fortunate enough to watch Prime TV out of Gippsland, which is primarily Channel Nine uh, programs, or you can watch Channel Nine itself, depending on uh, what code of football and, and how many
3: tractor ads you want to watch.
1: Yeah, exactly. And uh, John Deere harvesters and so forth. Which back in the Letterman
2: days uh, would, would have been really <laughs> would have worthwhile. Been very
3: handy. Yeah, they've got two uh, Channel Seven up there as well because i was just recently on the gold coast They've same it's the same deal with whatever the regional channel 7 is you can get okay, both there you as go there you
1: go so the thing is that uh, a company called sp telemedia which comes out of another investment company called washington h Sol patterson which also owned a range of chemists um they owned nbn and is with-
0: it is there any connection with soul the the broadband isp company
1: that's a good point. I'm not actually sure, but it actually... No, it probably is. Because I know SP Telemedia has, as well as only NBN, based in Newcastle, but reaching into, uh, into the Gold Coast, also does have a telecommunications business, which probably includes a broadband mm. provider, so that may well be it. And so uh, Win TV, private company, uh, owned by, primarily by uh, Bruce Gordon, um, his son, Andrew Gordon, was the chairman of SP Telemedia. And all of a sudden, his son, a few weeks ago, had to resign from the board. And of course, it was because his father was about to make a bid for the company, as was uh, PBL. And the interesting thing was was that uh, PBL came along. Everybody thought that uh, WIN would win. PBL came and bid two hundred and fifty million dollars. Most people thought anywhere between one hundred and eighty and two hundred million would would be a good price for the company. Two hundred and fifty was an absolutely fantastic price. And uh, so, you know, Channel Nine has won one, lost one. Channel Nine has won NBN. Win TV is one channel line in Perth, and there just aren't that many regional pay TV assets left up for grabs. Now,
0: the last we saw last week was uh, talks about PBL and Win getting together and actually uh, working in concerts uh, with the prospect of Adelaide. You you say working in
2: concert, I say ganging up. Well, reducing
1: the level of harsh competition in the industry is another way of looking at it. You see, Channel One. The major channel line, PBL, wants to remind Bruce Gordon that, look, Bruce, you know, you might own quite a few regional TV stations, but we're the ones that make the programs. You just buy them from us. Does he own OSTAR as well? Uh, I, I believe he has a stake in OSTAR. Yep. OSTAR itself is a big takeover target at the moment. Some people think that Foxtel will just move to buy it, which, given that OSTAR only carries Foxtel programming, is, uh, you know, would yeah, make sense, which is not dissimilar to what you're seeing happening in the television space here, you know. Channel 9 wanting to buy the affiliates that it doesn't own.
2: Now, wh- why do they care?
1: Sorry, you, you haven't finished talking about Adelaide, so... Well, I'm, I'm simply saying that it, it would make sense for Channel 9 to own all the Channel 9s. And the major other person that owns bits of Channel 9 is WIN. So maybe it should just buy WIN.
0: So it makes sense because they get more audience share or they can uh, pool their resources and it actually costs less to produce or Or because because they they want to have one big thing that they can say, here, have Channel 9 for all of Australia.
1: That's the main thing. It it costs no less. In fact, it it would cost less to produce. But, I mean, the television programs cost the same. But the point is you can go go to, to, to advertisers and say, well, we can cover not just the capital cities but, you know, a major part of rural and regional Australia. And we can do it all, you know, in one fell sweep. You just mm-hmm. have to make one ad rather than different ads for, you know, for different advertisers. So I mean, that's the reason it makes sense. It's the same reason that Macquarie Media might want to buy or did want to buy Southern Cross. You know, instead of having two or three sales back offices, you just have one. What, what people forget with all the media consolidation is there's only there's only so many ears glued to radio stations. There's a, there's only so many eyes watching television and so many hours in the day. And in fact, ad spending is pretty static. So all this increase well,
0: in, in TV, it's been dropping away.
1: Well, exactly, and it's been flowing to other forms of media like the internet yep. and so forth. So the fact that the whole share market has risen and putting more and more value on media companies, and yet their fundamental customer base isn't really changing, and their ad revenue base is well. At best, growing with the rate of inflation, that is not growing in real terms at all. Just makes that, that's probably the reason we're not seeing the great slew of deals now. A, a capital city TV provider like PBL buying a regional TV provider does make sense because inevitably it will buy it more cheaply. But then again, of course, Channel Nine itself or PBL is is splitting itself in two now.
0: Which uh, was it, it was the subject of an article in the Australian uh, the other day from Nick Tabakov. Who says that because of this split, um, it actually quells the rumours that Jamie wants to get rid of uh, of Channel Nine? Uh, because it actually it's it insulates uh, the the crown and casino side of the business from actually wanting to take risks with the broadcast stuff.
1: Yeah, that's that's probably one way of looking at it. I would simply say that look. People will probably put a higher multiple on gaming assets now because they look like they're still growing their revenues, whereas the media side of the business is relatively static. And what is interesting is that the analysts who have looked at how the company will look post the split have put four times the value on the gaming assets that they have on the media assets. This is for a company called Publishing and Broadcasting Limited, yet gambling is where it's at. Interesting contrast between James Packer and his father Kerry. Kerry primarily liked to gamble himself in other people's casinos. James doesn't like to, cam- to gamble, but he likes to own the casino. And, and that's where they're making a lot of money.
2: Well, it's, it's not hard to change that name because everyone knows it by the acronym of PBL. Just change it to Poker and Blackjack Limited. That's right. Well, I, <laughs> I love the fact that even I fall into the
1: trap of calling it gaming. I mean, what's wrong with just gambling? You know, we just want you to get out there and have a punt. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I mean, look, the Packer family will own 37% of each company. And remember, that media company, of which 50% has already been sold off to other private equity interests, will, will be allowed to go out and pursue its own agenda free of perhaps the capital constraints that the gambling side has with you know, building new casinos in Macau and places like that. Mm-hmm. It makes a lot of sense. I think it's a very smart deal.
2: It's it's interesting that you mentioned Macau because in uh, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, that was a huge subplot that the, uh, the, the parent company of the network was looking at new dealings in Macau. Is Macau the new, I don't know, China or the new uh, India or... What is it about Macau? I think in gambling terms, it's certainly the new Las Vegas. Well, right.
0: And also China is, is like the hottest new massive market that uh, everybody around the world wants to get in on.
1: Well, they do. And, and Macau is the only part of China where you can legally gamble. My big fear with Macau, and I'll say it, and, and presumably the Packers and everybody else, Steve Wynn and, you know, from Las Vegas have, have thought about this. They all listen to this show. Well, I know They, know. they do. <laughs> So Steve and Jamie, I can call you that because I've met you (laughs) twice. Um, The fact is, what if the Chinese government just turned around and said, you know what, we're going to have casinos in Shanghai, Beijing, Hong Kong, everywhere else. I mean, Macau will lose some of its luster very quickly. Now, I'm not saying that's definitely going to happen, but I just hope not too much money is pumped into that one place. Having said that, people said the same thing about Las Vegas, and, of course, it has continued to prosper, even though it's got the rest of the United States around it, where people could have casinos. In fact, in many places do, but Las Vegas has a sort of a critical mass that attracts people, and, and Macau is doing the same thing. Uh,
2: Las Vegas is just a bubble. Just a bubble, Tom. Waiting to burst. Waiting to burst. <laughs> uh, and and speaking of bursting, Channel 9's, uh, and, you know, when we're on the topic of Channel 9... Their ratings. The, we're looking like this year is going to be the first year in a long time that they will have officially lost the ratings race.
0: Ooh, it's an early call from Josh Kanar. It
2: is an early call. How uh, how does that relate to uh, to you know the possibility of, of selling more or, or building up the business and and how would consolidating all the different regional areas and the and the capital cities add to that? All that consolidation won't make a difference. I mean, ratings are based on what what
1: people in the capital cities are doing. Now, Nine's advertising slogan or its catchphrase for so long has been still the one. Mm -hmm. And if they lose more than half the rating surveys, probably, well, almost certainly to Channel 7 if they lose... I mean, they'll have to change that. You know. Do you
3: think they, they haven't changed? Uh, this is uh, Robert Fidgen from the Herald Sun talking. Now he's been he's been on this all <laughs> oh, welcome, year. Robert. <laughs> he's been on this all year, but saying they they're yet to change. Still the one for news or the number one news. I think is their new slogan. Despite the fact that they're continually beaten.
1: And look, it probably doesn't really matter because I mean the advertisers who are far more hard nosed. Don't pay any attention to that. And how many how many companies out there say we're the best at this, you know, at XYZ? But it it will come home painfully to roost. I mean, the thing is, last year nine did win one or two more ratings surveys than seven did, mm-hmm. so it could legitimately say we're still the one. If that doesn't happen in calendar 2007, it's got a bit of a problem. You know, there's all sorts of speculation about what what's going to happen to Eddie Maguire and all the rest of it. I mean, and he might just come out and say, look, it doesn't matter. It, we we just want profitable growth. We don't care. Yeah, you know, if we're not the biggest anymore. But uh, it will be, you know, it'll be a step down, I think, no longer number one.
2: And then and then yeah. also you, you mentioned advertisers and we saw a, a few years ago, sorry boys, you'll get your chance, uh, a few years ago there was a, a a case where Buffy on Channel 7 moved nights and uh, I think Queer as Folk or uh, or, a, or a show like that, uh, maybe The L Word, something mm. like that, uh, had taken over its time slot and an advertiser pulled its ads from that time slot, there was a, a, a huge uproar about, well, that advertiser doesn't want to support gay television. and But, but really, they were just targeting the Buffy audience and not the L-word audience. And it isn't it a case that Channel 9 have their shows, their shows are as strong as they've always been for those particular audiences, and those advertisers are still going to stay true?
1: Yeah, Look, you, you, you're you're probably right, but I mean, Channel Seven has a similar sort of group of shows that have very dedicated audiences, shows like Twenty Four and Grey's Anatomy and so forth. But you know, they still look at uh, sport, news, current affairs as being the big primetime drivers, mm-hmm. and a lot of the, the really popular, or what you think of as, as as the cult shows, tend to be on late at night. They they certainly grab their audience, but it's not a mass market audience, and that, and that's what that's what those stations are looking for. So the news means a lot more to them than anything else, whether or not they have the AFL rights or, you know, whatever. I mean, that's, that means a lot more than a particular program. And as we know, the L word didn't last very long. No, either. it was terrible. It was <laughs> terrible.
0: Now, you mentioned uh, Eddie before, uh, and last week uh, the head of GTV9 was lost to the Collingwood Football Club, uh, Gary Pertz. <coughs> Um,
1: well, he wasn't lost. He, he just went back to where he'd come from before. Well, yes. <laughs> um,
0: some are saying that uh, the the prime candidate uh, to take up that position at GTV9 is Eddie himself. Um, and, in fact, he may put himself there. Any, any thoughts on that? I,
1: I sort of doubt it. The thing, about, the thing about GTV9, and, of course, for those who don't realise, I mean, GTV9 is Melbourne, just nine in Melbourne. It had a general manager end the station manager and of course that's just for one and, and sadly a smaller and smaller part of Channel 9 it just didn't need two or three layers of management and the feeling was that either Gary Pert or the other person who is the general manager whose name escapes me for the moment the, the job was going to be consolidated into
2: one job a, as a, it is in Brisbane
1: as it is in Brisbane I, I mean the only reason it isn't or hasn't been in Melbourne was just for historical reasons when Melbourne was the sort of the home of nine and no longer is sadly Um, as a result, I think... But even so, I mean, mean, there was an enormous conflict there, and, I mean, Eddie McGuire's gone to great lengths to try and explain it. But the fact is, you know, if you are on the boards of two companies, you know, you don't poach an executive from one to go on the other. I mean, that is just a big no-no.
3: How can someone so smart not understand what conflict of interest means? I mean, it was the same when he was commentating footy. He's he's never understood. Clearly, that was a conflict of interest.
1: Ross, you got a point, except that... Some people say a conflict means you just can't do it. Mm. Others say if you declare the conflict and it is all I mean there's no secret about who he is and what he does, as long as that's declared then it's okay. You know, as long as you say, Well yes, I am the president of Collingwood and I am the uh, CEO of Channel Nine and if I want to poach a person from nine to run Collingwood I will and uh you know, if I want to put um I don't know, name a good Collingwood player, you know? Uh,
3: Didak.
2: Ellen Didak, yeah. Didach. Didach, yeah.
1: Well, he was he was dreadful, and so <laughs> if I want to stick him in charge of uh, Channel Nine and make sure we definitely don't win the ratings this year, then, then I'll do so. And he could.
0: Now, how much how much uh, weight uh, does the Australian Shareholders Association carry within the Australian market? Um, because they're they're actually starting to get a little bit uh, concerned that it is not fully focusing himself on uh, making the best profit for.
1: Well, that's true, but see, someone say Eddie doesn't really run Channel Nine anymore, anyway. Um, there's a guy whose name escapes me again who who represents the private General equity interests. It? No, it's, it's 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 someone who he's, from he's, CV3. He's, he's from he's from W A. He used to work with Kerry Stokes, and he now pretty much manages things on behalf of the 4.4 billion dollars that was pumped into it to purchase half of PBL's media interests. Mm-hmm. I mean. You know, he he represents the people that own 49% who have pumped cold, hard cash into that joint venture. Chances are he's the person really running the show. Uh, and, you know, Eddie, look, I'm sure still has an enormous day-to-day involvement, but in any case, as I say, I, I don't think he's the only person running it. And of course, that's the reason his, some of his predecessors left the job, was because they weren't really in charge. it was pretty the, frustrating. Oh, there's John Alexander, there's Ashok Jacob who advises the Packer family. I mean, there's the Packers themselves. I mean, it's not a, it's not a clear-cut thing. It's like, uh, you know, it's like having a sort of a president with a few generals around him, and you know, they all sort of vie for, you know, supremacy and love and all that sort of thing.
0: Now, away from Eddie for a moment. It has been a while since we've had you in. uh, And uh, since then, Coonan has announced that uh, the cross-media ownership regulations uh, will... The new legislation uh, came in early, like by about two months. Do you think that uh, the corporate media of Australia got uh, caught on the run there?
1: Pie in the sky, pie in the sky. No, I don't think they they were caught because they... They'd always been told it would be sometime this year. It was perhaps a tad earlier. But what's interesting, look at what's happened. The two biggest media companies, I mean, Seven and Nine, did deals that they could already do, uh, that is to sell half of themselves. Um, Rupert Murdoch, just two weeks ago, sold out of Fairfax. He yep. bought a 7.5% stake. Fairfax subsequently merged with Rural Press. Murdoch was diluted down to about 5.5%, and he just, he just took his money and ran.
2: Well, he needs that money. Well, he does to buy the Wall
1: Street Journal. That's right. I mean, when you think about it, when he's buying something like that, I mean, you know, what happens here is relatively small beer. Um, As I said before, uh, the the interest in Southern Cross broadcasting seems to be waning. Kerry Stokes still owns 15% of West Australian newspapers, but I think that's more of an emotional decision from him than a a hard-headed financial one. So it seems like all the deals that happened really before the legislation was changed pretty much seem to be the deals, apart from, as we spoke before, the regional TV deals, which, to be honest, don't make an enormous amount of difference in the scheme of things. Yeah. Again,
0: so, again, in the, the Australian the other day, uh, there's some speculation that the owners, the current owners of uh, the media organisations, are actually expecting too much from the buyers, and so the buyers are just losing interest because the owners are asking too much for them.
1: Well, well the, the one TV station we haven't mentioned tonight, of course, is Channel, Channel 10. Who? Exactly. <laughs> I'm sure there's a show that you do like watching on Channel 10. Uh, yeah, Supernatural, but it's on while we record this. so, <laughs> okay, so you'll be recording it yourself um, or downloading it later on. Oops. Uh, <laughs> From BigBud. Channel, Ch- channel 10, yeah, it's, especially if you even pay $2. Uh, channel Now, Channel 10 is officially for sale. I mean, you know, and Canwest that owns 58%, which is a Canadian company, it said we'd like to sell. The problem is it, it shares trading over $3. At $3, it's worth a much higher multiple of its earnings than either 9 or 7 was trading at. And thus far, I mean, no one's, you know, they're not getting knocked over in the rush. So there is a TV station for sale. Rupert Murdoch's probably not interested. No one else seems to be interested. 9 and 7 have already done the half sales, which are mm-hmm. very clever moves. They sold in the in the, the peak of the speculation. Um, and the rest of the media proprietors might. I mean, Fairfax is another one. I mean, Murdoch's out. Well, if he's out, that just says that, you know, it was probably too expensive.
2: I, I want to put it to the box cutters' audience. If we whip a hat around and everyone puts like five bucks in, maybe we can buy Channel 10 and we can run our own network.
0: And put The Simpsons on properly.
2: Yes, <clears throat> Yes, and we could show the office again, Ross.
3: Yeah, that'd be good. They've been on the command.
2: The Shield. Hmm.
1: And let's not forget that I mean, Channel Ten was broke in the early nineties, yep. and that's the reason that Cam West bought it in the first place. You know, at the time it was basically about to disappear, and they could pick it up for nothing. And now they're trying to sell it, and no one wants it. So there's a so, pattern emerging here.
3: So they've done too good a job in restoring it to its. Uh To restoring it to glory, winning that one week of ratings last last week, really. (laughs) Let's not forget that
1: uh, all important 16 to 25 demographic that 10 says that they absolutely dominate. So, a lot of action prior. They've got to
0: put something in those media releases. Well, they do, don't they?
1: (laughs) But, you know, thus far, I I think the big moves might have already happened. And, uh, you know, when you think about it, if regional TV is as far as we go with this, well, you know, fine. But, I mean, it's, it's not been the sort of the frenzy that people were thinking uh, before the legislation was changed. Now it has changed and everybody's looking around saying, so who's going first? And, uh, you know, it's no one. Mm. And
0: uh, have you heard any whispers about who the new digital player is for the uh, licence coming up?
1: Uh, there's a lot of interest from overseas. The big problem is there's still a lot of restrictions on what you can do digitally, and that's what they don't like. I mean, mm-hmm. they don't like to be told, "Well, you can't have a news service, or you can't do this, and you can't do that." You've the got to fact- show Channel 31 on a side stream. Well, exactly. Well,
2: and the, and a new Aboriginal uh, station as well. I about that. Yeah, there's there's all sorts of things that you have to do, and that you also can't do if you want to uh, if you want to take on this this new digital network. The,
1: the, the fact is, the the free to free to air networks are. Have such good lobbying in Canberra that they managed to just sort of stuff up digital TV. So in the same way, we didn't get we got pay TV, TV, you know, literally decades, and I mean like three decades mm. after the rest of the world. Now, digital TVs hit everybody and really all we're getting is supposedly high-definition pictures of just the same stuff or time-shifted versions of the same stuff. But, I mean, nothing really, you know, different or, or all that interesting. They wonder why the take-up's slow. And it's the same with digital radio. I mean, it's, it's ah. well-established in the UK. What S- seems
2: Senator Coonan said, and you know I this know. as truth, the take-up is slow because Australians don't like to take up new <laughs> technology. <laughs> I will say this about digital
1: radio. Interestingly, in Australia, where most people or a lot of people listen to the radio in their cars, we also happen to have one of the world's oldest car fleets in the Western world. That is, Australians hang on to their cars longer than anybody else. And so even if we made digital radio compulsory in every car sold as of tomorrow, it would take the best part of a decade before a majority <laughs> of people actually have one. So for that long, you'll still hear good old-fashioned AM broadcasting, and uh, you know, won't that be good?
2: Fascinating as always, Tom. Thank you so much for coming in and telling us what goes on in the boardrooms and corridors of the networks and, and all the media organisations. My pleasure. Box cutters. That's such a short one, Brett. <laughs> it was. Such a short one.
3: I thought it was the, the fade out one.
2: No, wasn't, wasn't, careful. It's so scary.
3: Wasn't Tom fantastic again?
2: Tom is just a font of knowledge. hmm Truly. It's
0: great being able to come up with curly questions and fire, in, fire them at somebody and, and have the answers. It
2: just mm. doesn't phase him at all, no. which makes me think he's making it all up on the spot. <laughs> he doesn't know the answers. No, no, it,
0: it actually adds up. I I, every time he comes in, I, I research everything that he says.
3: I, I, think, right. I think you're confusing Tom with the rest of the show. Ah, oh, <laughs> yes.
2: Yes. And now, the king.
0: The King uh, is a, a biopic on the life of uh, Graham Kennedy, or a subset thereof. It's uh, coming up on TV One next Sunday, the twenty first, twenty twentieth, um. 21st. Today's
2: today's Monday the 14th
0: And is expected right.
2: so that uh, be Sunday the 20th then, Brett Later
0: on down the track on Channel 9 um, But starring, sometime soon on Channel 9 Starring yes. Stephen Curry as the man himself Stephen Hall as Bert Newton And uh, other performances by Gary McDonald uh, Ros Hammond Ros Hammond, Sean McAuliffe uh, Angus Sampson
2: In a very brief role Very brief Now I was really, really excited to see the king. I'm a huge Graham Kennedy fan. If anyone who heard the Pete Smith interview uh, will remember when he started talking about Graham Kennedy, I just you know couldn't put my tongue in back in my mouth. It, just mouth agape. This man had met Graham Kennedy. The man made Australian television. I mean, it goes without saying. Yeah. And uh, and growing up watching clips of of IMT and watching Blankety Blanks. Uh, I really, I mean, his career really influenced the way I tried to do things when when I was uh, on radio and trying to get into into media. I looked at him as a guiding light and realised I would never reach that level that he had. But you know, it's it's important to have your your heroes up high, uh, and so I was really excited to see this this show about Graham Kennedy's life. It sounds like there's a butt coming. There's not. I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a, yeah. a really good, really watchable hour and a half of of television. And uh, it's bang on a hundred minutes. Yeah,
0: um, looks beautiful. Uh, Matt Seville's done a great job. Who directed Noise, which is in cinemas at the moment? Uh, also, We Can Be Heroes. Um, and Roy
3: Holds It Alive was a short of his Oh, which is a great, a great short film that starring Darren Casey. Yeah, which uh, pops up on SBS quite a lot.
2: Yeah, well, they uh, they co-produced it. Mm. Uh, and uh, also interesting, while we're talking about producers, Jason Stevens, formerly of The D-Generation, was uh, a co-executive producer.
0: I, th- I thought you were talking about John Stevens from... Who, who were the band that did Glass
3: Onion? Noiseworks.
2: Noiseworks. No, no, Jason Stevens, Uh was co-executive producer of. Uh, of That's Dick what year. happened to him because he hasn't done anything since. Oh no, that, no, so. he's 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 gone into producing. He's been doing that a lot.
3: Funny story about that. Remind, uh, I'll, uh, I'll remind me to tell you in pork. Okay. okay.
2: Uh, so it it does follow is the life. Steve Curry good. Of- Steve Curry is amazing. Mm-hmm. He's he's th- not bad. There are oh, oh Brett Division. You, you you actually think he's not bad, or are you you
3: prefer him in the Toyota. Uh, I do Toyota enjoy those actually. actually. Yes, yeah. yeah,
0: the recreations of the the classic moments of uh, AFL footy. Um, no, no, I, I do like him, and and overall, like I really enjoy Stephen Curry as an actor, uh, and not just from the castle, but from a lot of other stuff that I've seen him in. Uh, Changi, he was one of the main yep. characters in that. Um, I'm blanking now on what else I've seen him in. Um, even even his uh, flip side. Uh, work which no, was uh, no, 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 no. a comedy no, sketch no, no, show no, no. on the ABC um, and I, I think that, that he's done a good job in The King but it, it was interesting right towards the end um, there was actually a clip of Graham Kennedy himself from I assume it was a Logies where he yes. was standing there with Bert and I don't think that anybody could have could have actually pulled off being what Graham Kennedy was. And this is, this is my only criticism. There's some sort of pathos or there's something about his face that, that was just amazing.
2: Well, th- this is my biggest criticism of the show and uh, anyone who has heard me talk about the recent film Last King of Scotland will, will also know. I don't understand why you would go to the trouble of doing a biopic and convincing us throughout the entire show that... The person we're seeing on screen is the person who it was in real life, and then ruin all of that magic by showing the real person at the end of the show.
0: Well, like they did a recreation of the the uh, what's the name of the dog, pissing on the set. The Rover,
2: Rover, the Wonder Dog,
0: and and uh, Stephen Curry doing the same actions as as Graham did. Um, but the thing is that we've seen it so many times that i i could remember almost every frame of of the actual footage and so was seeing quite a bit of difference in between the actual footage and stephen curry doing it yeah
2: but that you know that i, I would, I think I would that, go with with poetic license but, but
0: i think it was already there i think that people have a really strong memory of graham kennedy whereas whereas of uh, Idi Armin not so much so what well, for, I, for I, people I, leaving today <laughs> um but uh, and and According to an article that I saw, which spoke to to Stephen Curry, they weren't trying to get it bang on with Graham Kennedy.
2: Which is which is fine, but the thing is, don't spoil that. We've watched the entire show. It shouldn't matter whether or not we know Graham Kennedy. But that was I, one I of the most
0: it. moving parts of it for me.
2: See, for for me, not a lot of it had to do with the fact that uh, I think my DVD was scratched. But the uh, <laughs> but f- for me, the. Uh, the the thing is, watching the progression of this young, excited kid
0: from all the way back as a kid, uh, going through the the absence of mother and father,
2: and, um, Stem- and and into radio. Stephen Curry plays it all, except for the very very young primary school Graham Kennedy, and because that just would have been farcical. Uh, and he does such a great job taking him through. I mean, it's it's not say as good a job as eric banner did in chopper going through all of those years and but again
0: uh, i think that that people know less of what chopper actually looks like whereas but, that, but, that doesn't, was-
2: but it doesn't matter you've got to look at the show in uh in its own universe and it is a telling of a person's life why would you go and destroy that with going, oh well, actually, it wasn't that person; it was this person we're showing you now.
3: Because Brett found it the most moving part,
2: and is that, is that so? People are making it for Brett. Yes, right. Well, yeah. no. But, consider but, me but, every but, man. Yeah, no. Brett, that's, that's what I'm saying.
3: But, I, I would consider Brett more of an every man than you.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm a. Or <laughs> than me? Yeah, we're we're very few men. Yes. <laughs> I, I did find it curious... Not even two, unfortunately. No.
0: <laughs> I did find it curious um, the, the amount of screen time that Stephen Hall had as Bert Newton uh, had expected to see more, especially given the one that they've been promoting uh, the film. So
3: he was only a small part, was he? Yeah, it's yeah.
2: a really small part. The, the, there isn't a single scene where uh, Graham Kennedy is not in the room. Yep. And I it, think
0: there's four out of a hundred and something. Wow! Really?
2: Yeah. So I lied. There are four scenes where Graham Kennedy is not in the room, but I didn't notice them. Mm. Uh, it's it's very it's it's almost microscopic in its approach to his life, and uh, I really liked that they didn't use very many sets. Uh,
0: the design on the sets was was really well done. Um, like it, it went from the fifties through to the seventies, and like that everything was in place, but nothing was over the top. Uh, which can be a bit of a trap that p- pieces set in the seventies can fall into.
2: Mm-hmm. And I just I thought it was really compelling viewing. Mm-hmm. I, I thought I, I was a little bit worried about it. I, I wasn't sure if they'd uh, if they'd live up to my expectations. But yeah, it was a fantastic uh, telly drama.
3: How's uh, how's McAuliffe? Very good. Very good. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's got more screen time than Bert. Really. Well who he plays Graham Kennedy's manager, is that No, he uh he plays A Producer the, on IMT?
2: Yeah, he plays the producer of IMT, the, the head of uh you know Comedy Light Entertainment, whatever it was called then. Yep. Uh at Channel Nine at the time.
3: Okay. Uh hmm.
2: but yeah, it's Really worth checking out if you've got cable. Check it out on TV One this Sunday night, and it will be coming to Channel Nine in the coming weeks.
0: And quite an interesting uh, portrait of, of some of the the personality battles um, on IMC with uh, Graham and the
3: writers. Right here, uh, will it run run better without ads? Yes, Let everything does. Will it, will it run worse with ads?
2: No, no, no. no. I mean, it what? was it was made it was made for ads, so it won't run much worse i mean the as long as the ads are a reasonable and expected length mm. anything that's made for ads should be able to s- sustain that well mm-hmm. and uh i couldn't i couldn't step away from it mm-hmm. i it got to really really late last night and uh, and i thought well i have to go to bed but as soon as i woke up i put it back in and, and watched the rest of it, it it's just that compelling
0: and it's interesting uh, that uh, most of it's a portrait of Graham off-air mm. and uh, it seems to, to bear clear depiction that, that the on-air Graham Kennedy was so much
2: different from the off-air Graham Kennedy. Mm. Yeah, Worth checking out TV1 this Sunday.
3: Now, this is very exciting. Very exciting. It's not often that we usher in a new segment.
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, you know, it's not that different to many of the segments we've had on box cutters. <laughs> but recently, uh, Peter Boxcutter sent us an email asking us to list 20 to 25... PIBO. No, Peter Boxcutter. Yeah, Pebo, No, Peter Boxcutter. Listing 20 to 25 uh, shows that define what he called... This new golden age of TV. (laughs) Could be my emphasis, maybe not. It really sounded like that when I read it. (laughs) New golden age of TV. (laughs) Uh, We've kind of taken that to mean the shows that have made both audiences and critics sit up and take notice of television as... Uh, as a, a, an art form, well, well, and in effect, that's
3: one half of why we do box covers. Yes, I mean because television just got to such a good level in some respects that we felt we had to do a show to acknowledge that.
0: We spoke about this doing this twenty five years ago, and we thought, no, nah, the time is not
3: right. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the, the the flip side of the coin, of course, is that television has deteriorated to such a shit level we had to do the show as well yes
2: <laughs> yes <laughs> but it's, it's, it's both sides of the coin so should we maybe call this the new golden shower age of television <laughs> perhaps not perhaps not we thought we'd uh, we'd kick it off with a, a show that I think and when I mentioned it to you guys last week neither of you disagreed uh, really started off the the concept of what we now have as the excellent shows on television the Larry Sanders show.
3: You see, you, you've ruined it already. You've broken it already. It's got to be a 20 to 1. I thought it was meant to be in the last 10 years. Uh, Larry Sanders is lot longer than 10 years. Larry Sanders started in
2: 1992. There you go. That's longer than 10 and years. And finished. In I, 19- I think
3: if you have
0: one episode within the parameters.
2: Ah, oh, come on. <laughs> finished in 1996. But the, uh, <laughs> but the thing is... and Thank God we started this segment last year. And and that's why I haven't called it the best shows of the last decade. Uh, but the golden age of television. So you think you think Larry Sanders slips in because It was the first drama that HBO produced as a, as a television Larry Sanders show. is a comedy. Well, it's a comedy drama. There are there are dramatic moments. And I I mean, realistically, I consider any fictional television show to be drama. Let's just you know uh, lump it all in as as drama. I mean, anyone who's done Paul Harris's uh, uh, genre class knows that there is no genre. So let's call everything that is fiction drama for the sake of this particular segment.
0: And one of the biggest uh, defining things about Larry Sanders is the way that it opened every week with the black screen yep. and Hank talking and definitely not comedic.
3: Yes. 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 That's, that's very true.
2: Uh, it, it wasn't. It wasn't played for laughs. It was. It was played for uh, for, for its interesting take on the life of a talk show host. Yeah, and a lot of it was really depressing. I mean, there's mm-hmm. there is that whole area where uh, he pretty much has a midlife crisis and yeah. goes and lives on the edge of a lake somewhere. Yep. Uh and
3: can't have uh, has an affair with Sharon Stone, but. Can't have sex with her unless his shows on.
2: Yes, you, you know, uh, all, all those things. Th- there are funny moments in it, mm. but if you if you were telling someone the story of the Larry Sanders show, it'd be a very sad story. Yes,
3: yes. Uh, it, was it the first? Uh, did it really start that whole genre of kind of one camera getting out of the getting out of the the three cameras? St- Studio type setup of the traditional sitcom was it one of the first to kind of to get out of that?
2: Yeah, definitely and it was also and it didn't have a laugh track, did it No, and it was also the the first that I'm aware of that actually played with multiple formats. It had the uh, the stuff that happened behind the scenes in the offices of the Larry Sanders Show shot on single camera film mm-hmm. and the stuff that happened while he was doing the Larry Sanders show. Uh, Tonight with Larry Sanders or whatever it was called uh, Shot three camera video Yep, And that that difference in in itself made me go Hey, this is a really different show Mm -hmm. Uh, But then the characters were really, really well written Everything just seemed precisely timed And it was, for me, the first time that we saw a show say Hang on, it might be television but we're going to do it really, really well and have respect for ourselves. Yep. And the audience will follow. Yep. And it did to to a great extent, and it really kicked off for HBO. I think if if Larry Sanders had failed as a show, uh, it would not have led to all these other shows that Mm -hmm. that we've seen from HBO Mm -hmm. that we will talk about in in the coming weeks Mm because a lot of them appear. So, yes, while... You know, Peter Boxcutter did ask for things in the last ten years. You can't really talk about this this it's current the, it's state the of the television. foundations for the building. It is, yeah, it is. That's yeah. the Larry Sanders show. You can check it out on DVD. Bits of it, I think. Uh, and beware first...
0: if, if you're remembering from when Channel Ten was broadcasting it here, they were cutting out entire
3: performances. They they'd butchered yes. it. Yeah. it. It was the first in that way too, because it was the first show that Channel Ten, 10 really got the knife into and just. Said. Oh, they'd been going at it with
0: The Simpsons for
3: a while. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Especially but not, the six o'clock one. Not in the same way. I mean, it, it, Simpsons. Uh, when did this start? Ninety two. Yes. Simpsons. Started in 92. Um, Yeah, Simpsons was only getting little bits and pieces edited by then. Channel 10 really... I mean, because it's got full-on swearing in it. Yes. Which now isn't isn't necessarily such a sacred thing that you can't have swearing in TV. Hmm. But back in the early 90s, it was a huge deal that Larry Sanders had so much swearing.
2: And also, don't, don't forget that uh, whole segments were cut out. There was there's this part of uh, one episode where Porno for Pyros play uh, on the mm-hmm. show, and yep. Channel 10 just cut that entire segment out. Yep. Yep. Just thought, it's not necessary. And sorry, I lied. It didn't end in 1996. It ended in 1998. And so, fits in perfectly. <laughs> <It> counts. <laughs> and I take back everything I said before. All right, so... The Larry Sanders Show. Larry Sanders Show. I also need to point out that uh, the talent that worked on The Larry Sanders Show went on to do a a lot of things that we saw later on, things like uh, Michael Lehman uh, was a director on The Larry Sanders Show and he Mm -hmm. went on to direct Big Love. Yes. Uh, Peter Tolan was a writer and he went on to write many episodes of Rescue Me.
3: Okay. The uh, fireman... um Dennis Leary show. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Ross, a name that you might recognise, Marjorie Gross.
3: Ah, oh, yes. Good old Marjorie.
2: Yeah, big Seinfeld writer. Oh, okay. Uh, wrote the episodes The Showerhead, The Fusilli mm-hmm. Jerry, mm-hmm. which is uh, one of my favourites. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. She was also a writer on Larry Sanders' show.
3: In terms of acting too, uh, Little Miss Eyebrows, Jean Garofalo yes. was on this. Moved on to, obviously, a great film career. And
0: I had such a hot throw when she was in this. <laughs> I still uh, do. Also,
3: well, uh Gary Ari. Shandling. Ari Gold. Ari what's, Gold. What's his uh, name? What's his real name?
2: Uh, I, you know, I'm lost at the Blake. moment. Uh, oh. But he was he was the first head writer uh, in the in the show. In the so, show, in the show. So not not writing the show, but uh, as a character in the show.
0: I can't believe uh, I can't think of his name. And, pork. Uh, It'll come up in pork.
2: And the the uh, Trimble, Tr- the guy who plays Hank Kingsley, went on to be Doctor Phil. No. <laughs> Arrested Development. Dad in Arrested uh, Development.
3: Yes, that's true. Jeffrey Tambor.
2: That's it. Uh, so, uh, Oh, and also Judd Apatow was a writer on The Larry Sanders Show, and he went on to create Freaks and Geeks. Okay, yeah. So, you know, it's a a, a foundation in many ways.
3: Yes. Now, what's second on our list of golden television? Or are we only doing one this only week? Only doing one this week. Only doing one this week just to get it started. But in future weeks,
2: there will be two. There will be two, yeah. Wow, and, uh, and we'll be doing that over the next uh, 10 to 15 weeks
3: This is Marie Cardi, And you are listening to that fluffy white cloud of goodness Box cutters <laughs> Stick it in the fire and eat it
0: <laughs> I did actually have a listener tell me That that was their favourite part of that cut The giggling The laughing at the end Really? Yep So really? that's so just for you
2: Just for that one listener I can't remember who it was now All the others hate it
3: Ross From uh, from one extreme I suppose to the other I'm going to talk this week about October Road Which I don't know if either of you have seen It's another of the mid-season replacements that came on in the States But I think this one was always intended to be a mid-season replacement They, right. never, they never kind of expected much more of it It only had uh, a six episode run in its uh-huh. first series And... Uh, I was attracted to this because of the basic premise of the show, which I thought was quite interesting. A young guy, 18 or 19, I think his name's Nick, heads off on an overseas six weeks jaunt to kind of find himself, uh, see the world, and whatever else you do on those sort of things, and promises his family, his loving girlfriend, and his close-knit group of friends that the six weeks will actually go by very quickly until he returns. Flash forward to 10 years later, he is now living in New York City. He has written a uh, generation-defining novel, and he's a hugely successful author. Douglas Copeland.
2: No, no, he's not. (laughs) Uh, He wrote Gen X. But he has
3: three problems. One is that he's got severe writer's block for working for on his follow-up novel. Two is that he never actually made it home after the six weeks. He stayed away, and he's been away now for ten years. And three is that his uh, autobiographical book that's made him such a success was actually flamingly autobiographical, and he has got stuck into... Everybody from his former life, family and friends alike. And so uh, now he really can't go home without expecting lots of trouble.
2: Now, Russ, I haven't seen this show, but from the premise, mm-hmm. I cannot see where this is going. Really? It, to, to me, this just doesn't have... like. If you came in and pitched that to me, well, I'd say, no, no.
3: He has to move to, uh, to Alaska. Circumstances conspire, as circumstances often do, to force him back home again. <laughs> and uh yeah problems ensue was it a funeral it wasn't actually a funeral uh i might uh it it doesn't really matter what it is implausible is <laughs> is what it really was an elephant he, he lost his visa for new york
2: an elephant <laughs> picks him up in the trunk it's it's not that far off <laughs> anyway uh this
3: show has many many problems with it <laughs> Many problems. Uh, it takes its cue from film in a lot of ways from of the last kind of ten years uh, to create a whole big pile of crap. Uh, <laughs> it's it's got a uh, kind of alternate preppy rock soundtrack to it, which uh, and Crowded House get a gig in that, which good for them. Uh, not the sort of music I'd choose to listen to. Suits the mood of the show quite well. Unfortunately, they've just plastered songs throughout more songs than the jericho pilot (laughs) like it is (laughs) just wall-to-wall songs uh it you know did they have a a budget they had to get rid of i I think so (laughs) why why develop drama when you know you can just throw in a pop song and that says it all but uh luckily this show takes
2: better be home soon is that the crowded house song that comes in
3: no no, because that would be so appropriate It it would be perfect uh they take this one step further though Sing-alongs. No. Now, I'm not talking uh, just your average in-the-car singing along to the radio song. I'm talking full-on 12-year-old kid rock star fantasy sing-alongs involving guitars and hairbrush microphones. Oh, God, we've been taken back to the 80s. Now, when they they were doing this uh, this sing-along, I was sitting there saying, no, what are you doing? Please stop By the third sing-along for the pilot, <laughs> oh. I was tearing my hair out. What else is wrong with this show, I hear you ask? Well, obligatory September 11 reference. <laughs> Check! <laughs> he, uh, he goes home and finds that uh, one of his former close friends is now a shut-in. And the shut-in friend explained... explained well, you know, in that time after September 11, how everybody was kind of glued to the television for those first few days, seeing what happened, after two or three days, everybody else got up and went on with their lives. He stayed there and kept watching television, which is very apt, because uh, isn't there a part of us all that never left the couch after <laughs> September 11, <11? laughs> et cetera, et cetera. You want more? There's more. There's more. <laughs> How about uh precocious 10-year-olds who uh who speak like 40-year-olds? No. <laughs> or perhaps uh perhaps more distinctly they speak Hang like on. 30-year-old uh try-hard writers.
2: Is is that a, is it a boy? It is a boy. Does he have a bowl cut? He does have a bowl cut. Right. How I did you I'm, guess that? I think I've seen this show. <laughs> <laughs> uh
3: yeah, he uh when uh, when Nick comes back into town and runs into his mother and they're kind of having a moment, the kid says, Okay, whoa, why don't you two deal with whatever it is you two are dealing with while I go off and get some comics? Very like a 10-year-old boy, as far as I can see. Not only that, every plot move is telegraphed about 20 paces ahead. Uh, like we were saying, I wonder, he's only coming back for the weekend... I wonder if he's going to get stuck there. Gee, that makes you think, doesn't it? Also, why do they keep uh, mentioning his horrible allergic reaction to peanuts <laughs> and its hereditary <laughs> nature? It couldn't have anything to do with uh, his, his father, former girlfriend's oh. neatly aged ten-year-old son, could it? And oh. plus, add oh. to that, all the uh, all the actions are just completely illogical and aren't there for any other purpose than to drive the script. Uh, the girlfriend with with the uh, with the son makes a lot of weird choices that you think she wouldn't really do that in real life. It's never really explained why Nick left in the first place or why he stayed away. I think the viewers should stay away from October Road. It's a terrible show. And in worse news, it's just been announced today that it's been picked up for another series. No, no. Apparently so.
0: And where can we see that uh, on Australian screens?
3: Well, I don't know if it's been Sounds picked like up yet. Sounds like One Channel honest. 9 would pick up. Yeah, possibly. It kind of, it kind of reminded me a bit of uh, that show you've been watching a bit, you know, the the new 30-something. What about Brian? Yeah.
2: Yeah, which which actually took a turn for the worse uh, after its six-episode uh, first season. Uh, did it? Yeah, the second season. It got season. a
3: brand-new credits sequence. Yeah, which ruined the whole show. Oh. <laughs> At the
0: beginning. Yeah. Yes. Did it? Yeah. I always hit that blue right. button. It used to not <laughs> Still have- the a, same song, isn't it?
2: It used to not have a credit sequence, and then it, it did have a credit sequence. And I I went, ooh, this doesn't look too good. For the rest of the show, and then uh, the characters all kind of changed a little bit. The story just oh, it wasn't so for- changed; it was so terrible.
0: radically changed. No. It's nothing like what it used. Marjorie's not even in it. Anymore. No, I know it's they're not games developers anymore. Freaking Brian's like- a real estate even- salesman. Are you kidding? <laughs> no.
2: They're not games developers no. anymore.
0: No, they got screwed over by the chick that. The, the and, venture capitalist that what's-his-face slept with. Oh, I'm so glad I stopped watching her. that
2: show. I'm so glad because I went, mean, it's just going to make me angrier and angrier every episode I watch. I'm still it, so.
0: watching, uh, mm, mm. I'm not liking it like I no, used I to. No, can't do it. Well,
3: anyway. anyway, October Road, avoid it like the plague unless you want to die.
0: <laughs> hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod, cast,
2: done. Pork is on the table.
3: Longest episode ever. Come on, we can do it. <laughs> oh. We can beat those Christmas episodes. No, I'm too <laughs> hungry. I, I have to get
2: home. Uh, speaking of things that may or may not have been picked up uh, as we speak in mm-hmm. the US, the CW are doing their upfront. The Country Western Channel? No, no. That's just it's just another channel in the states. <laughs> It's just, they just show it doesn't stand for anything. The Charming Women Channel? It has to stand for something. No, no, it doesn't. It has to. Nothing. Really? Sure. Okay. The, uh. (laughs) What? Did did the Country in Western Channel have to change its name as well? No. To avoid confusion? Because there was no Country in Western Channel. Ah. Uh, they're doing their upfronts at the moment, which is where they, uh, bring all the potential advertisers into a giant theatre and present to them what's going to happen on the. on the on the network for why that. they should pay up, yeah, buy into it,
0: and Australian executives have headed over there for that, uh, some of them a little unsure what's going to be happening back home
2: and so we should mm. uh we should know uh probably Tuesday our time, mm-hmm. whether or not Veronica Mars has been picked up for another season,
3: yes, now interestingly, uh, we mentioned a while ago on the blog that it was looking like it wasn't going to get picked up, apparently they ran a trailer for next series mm-hmm. at, the end of, uh, at the end of this current series showing her life as an FBI agent.
2: It hasn't ended yet. Hasn't it? No.
3: Oh, well, maybe no, they, like they've shown a trailer ago. for next season. Oh, they've they have shown four. a trailer? Anyway, a trailer popped up for next season. Right. Uh, which has apparently gone a long way to swaying the CW to to renewing it.
2: Oh, that's fantastic because uh, it's a good show.
3: Now, what oh. we
0: were talking about last week about you're watching the final episodes... And has there been any word on that? What was the show?
2: Oh, on Scrubs. Scrubs, yes. Uh, Scrubs, Scrubs has got renewed. Renewed for another 18 episodes.
3: Mm. So, shorter order. That's pretty good. But still, yeah. Still You'd haven't. imagine that would be its last year unless something happens, but you never know with television.
2: Yeah, well, uh, you know how JD rides that little uh, moped? Yeah. Yep.
3: I don't watch Scrubs. Right. Well, yes.
2: J- yeah, J.D. Rides, rides a moped. It's pretty funny. And, uh, and next week he's going to ride it over a tank filled with char- sharks. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow.
3: Uh, I'm not sure that's uh, one of the storylines I saw coming across. <laughs> we, uh, we're talking about Jason Stevens from The D-Generation. Yes, yep. yeah, you had an interesting in the story. the episode and The Light Show. Uh, he's actually your brother-in-law. No, uh, he, he was actually the one that when we were watching The Light Show, we always referred to him as the unfunny one because... Basically, he wasn't at all funny, and there didn't seem to be much... He beat Tom <laughs> Glasner out for that? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's hard work. <laughs> uh, there didn't seem to be much spot for him in The Late Show, other than just to make up numbers. I don't, I don't think he had any funny lines. Uh, others might disagree. But when uh, when The Late Show finished, Judith Lucy, Tony Martin, Mick Malloy. All said, Hey, we want to go do some stand up. And the working dog people said, Well, we're not stand up people. We don't want to do that. We want to go off in our own direction. Created working dog. Poor Jason was just left standing in a mill. Well, no one no. wanted to take him. No one wanted to take him. <laughs> he, uh, he and ended so up- then he went to UCLA.
2: And?
0: To learn or teach? To
2: uh, learn. To learn film production. And came back and, uh, and really got his hand into it and, and started. Mm. Started producing some, some fantastic stuff. Also, apparently, Jason was quite a good writer. Okay, on, on the gen. he just didn't have the presentation mm. that everybody else had. But, but yeah, must have been, quite a good writer.
3: Must have been quite harsh for him. though, you know, in, in quite a, I mean, in quite a successful show, it'd be like if the chasers slip, split now and said to one of them, "Well, no, neither side wants you." It's like being picked at school. No one no one wanted him. It's like there was two captains up there. No, Mick Malloy was he, one he captain. He should have been counting his blessings that
0: they actually wanted to pay him for, for, you know, not being much at all on screen.
2: <laughs> for, um, for being worse than Tom Gleiser. <laughs> you
3: reckon? Sure. He, he would have felt ensconced. I, I think uh, the story I heard, the way I heard was... He could have done his own stuff. Then. The way I heard was that it was very, very upsetting for him to be left like that. Mm. Oh, that's,
2: that's what a, I heard. That's a shame. But he's come good. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'd, I've, uh, it'd be great if we could get him uh, get him in to talk about all those years and the hardship. If we mm. could make him cry like Denton did, then maybe our ratings would just boost.
0: <laughs> maybe we could uh, get him in at the same time as Rob sits. If you want to uh, take another look back at the genesis, perhaps of uh, reality TV, Savonia Waters is currently being broadcast on ABC Two.
2: Oh, fantastic!
0: Yep, uh, really,
3: yeah, because that really was the that really was the that was the first that that from here and and the brightest strike in 1988 I think in the states which started cops
2: yes and they
3: were the two kind of touchstone points that really kicked off uh kicked off reality television cops of course still going strong screening at the moment 9:30 Monday nights on and, the on the 10 network and, and I, I think a I've very mentioned good a, day. my name is Earl take off yeah, very yeah. Awesome. Funny, very
2: funny and uh I think I've mentioned this before uh but Sylvania Waters was the inspiration for The Osborns. The yep. producer of The Osborns was a big fan of Sylvania Waters. Yep,
3: and, but hugely influential in the UK with lots, of, uh, lots and lots of shows like Driving School and lots of their reality TV shows, uh, much less the game show side, much more just the following people, following people and, around.
2: And it is worth watching Sylvania Waters to see how differently people act now when they know they're on television to back then Mm. when it just seemed like a a documentary.
3: Yeah.
0: And at the time, it was primarily produced for the UK audience. Yep.
2: Yep. The whole world isn't like (laughs) Neighbours.
3: Yep. Uh, I have to apologise... I promised last week that we'd do letters this week. Unfortunately, we don't have a six-hour show, oh, come so on. we can not, still fill it in. I am not, so hungry. We're not going to do letters this week. Uh, tune in next week for letters. Hopefully, yes. Uh, hopefully I promise.
2: I promise. We'll
3: get a uh, bit of a look at that next week. Also, we should have Marie Cardi next week. Excellent. And also, uh, there's a question on the blog a little while ago asking when Survivors coming back. I believe Survivor is due to start screening uh, Sunday night.
2: Right, just this after Sunday it night. ends in the States.
3: This Sunday night coming, I believe. So, yeah, just after it's... So uh, don't
0: look at any online pages no, or uh, international I, news organs for the next, uh, how many episodes? 16?
3: Th-
2: yeah, 13, right? yeah, 13. Yeah, 13.
3: And I think it's got the uh, Dynamic Apprentice time slot. Oh, uh, don't
0: watch uh, Dave
3: either.
2: Oh! Speaking of which, yeah, that's true. Speaking of which, The Apprentice. We haven't talked about this, Ross, but it's a bugbear for me. They changed the opening credits to The Apprentice, and now uh, it's and not money, 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 money. No, it is. But Donald Trump also says, "You're fired." Oh, in like it's just twice. shoved in twice, three times. Oh, is it three times? It's three times, and it is chappelled in <laughs> like the the worst kind of crayon sandwich. I've got just I've
3: got a similar a similar story to Brett here. I either press the skip button. Or I played at double speed. Right.
2: Uh, and so also, I thought he only said twice. There was an email question during the week uh, about weathermen. Uh, what's happened to the weatherman on the ABC? Yeah, but that, that's a letter to box cutters. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. I so see. that'll be coming next week. Do you week. have the answer? Maybe I do. Tune in next week to find okay. out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. As long as it's being touched on. <laughs> Thank you very much That's okay. to Mr. Tom Elliott. I'm looking at you, but I'm talking to the people and to Tom. You, Tom know, you, should, have,
3: you should have said thank you to him while he was here. I, sh- I should perhaps have. Perhaps a better idea.
2: Rather than get the hell out of here. Mm. We're sick of you yeah. taking up our time and making our show longer. Thank you very much, to Tom Elliott, for, for another fantastic... L- bit of information. He's just superb. You
0: can catch him uh, on Triple R Breakfasters, A3AW, and Inside Business on Sunday Mornings on the internet. And
3: opposite. soon to be Four Corners. Yes. Mm. Mm. Not uh, as a reporter, as in, in in a particular story. Just
2: just in a vox pop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I also want to say thanks to 3RRR, his Passing studios. in the background. <laughs> studios we use for recording this podcast each and every week. You can email us hooray at boxcutters.net and please check out the blog.
0: Or anonymous tips at Boxcutters.net sure. for your uh, anonymous tips, surprisingly.
2: Uh, and check out the blog at boxcutters.net. Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. Yahoo 7 lost. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Boxcutters. Catch us again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.
2: And hey, let's be careful out there.